Hi, I'm Pastor Isaac, lead pastor of Shore Christian Church, and you're about to watch a sermon from our newest series, Stretch Marks. And this series is going to show you and teach you through the Word of God how to stretch your faith beyond what you think is possible. I hope this sermon blesses you, and if it does, uh, please send us an email. We love to hear from people that are touched by the sermons at Shore Christian Church. And also, if you want to give financially, you could do so on the link provided uh, so we could continue to, to do the Lord's work and get these sermons out to the people that need it the most. Thank you and enjoy. Praise you, Father. Lord, we thank you for this morning, Lord God, for this moment, Lord, that we get to meet with our Creator, get to meet with the one who forgives us, get to meet the one that has empowered us with so many gifts and talents, Lord God. We get to meet with you. We get to get to our God goals this morning, what you are going to do through us and for us in 2019. What a privilege it is to be around some people that love us, to be around some people that will lift us up when we're down, Lord God. We are in your presence. You are here with us, Father, and I pray this morning that you will empower us, Lord God, through your word to be able to see and be all that you have for us. Father, I pray anything that's hindering us from receiving this morning, Lord, we, we, we tear down those strongholds, mental strongholds, anxiety, worry about what, what you got to do later on today or next week or what someone's thinking about you, saying about you. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You are cast down. God has something for us this morning. And no devil in hell is going to stop what God wants to bring forth through this sermon and through this day. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. 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 God bless you. How's everybody doing? Got some snow this morning, huh? Snow, snow doesn't stop me. Snow doesn't stop you. Broken pulpit doesn't stop me. I have been lifting, but I, I guess, you know, it's paying off. I'm breaking pulpits. All right. Uh, turn to just a few people uh, as you are seated. Welcome to the Shore Christian Church with a handshake, a hug. Uh, introduce yourself to them. Compliment their t-shirt. And let them know that the best is yet to come. And I, I, I am so, I, I'm really excited about this sermon, and I, I really pray that it, it comes out the right way as we start this series. I, I feel like this is a really important moment for, for a lot of people, myself included, of, of what God is, is getting ready for in, in this coming year. And, and this is a time when a lot of us are, are setting goals. We're, we're getting ready for the new year. We're talking about what we want to see accomplished in our lives. Um, the text that I want to use for this series is uh, in Isaiah chapter 50. I hope I don't break this thing too, because this thing doesn't look too sturdy, but we're, we're going to go with it, all right? All right, here we go. Isaiah chapter 54 says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, and do not hold back. Turn to the person next and say, don't hold back. Don't hold back this year. Let it go. Let it fly. Swing for the fences in 2019. I like that. That just was off the cuff. I like that. Swing for the fences this year. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. You will strengthen your stakes and your descendants will possess nations. I love that. I'm going to possess great things. That's my calling. That's what God wants to do through me. But before that, I got to... I got to stretch myself. 
I got to lengthen my cords. I got to strengthen my, my roots, my stakes. The, the series that uh, we're starting this morning is going to run through the month of January is called Stretch Marks because that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to stretch us, but a lot of times it's, it's painful, it's uncomfortable. And uh, the, the other text I want to read this morning is in Acts chapter 4 and, I'm sorry, chapter 3. Now this is the, the uh, story of, of Peter and John and, and God was beginning to stretch their faith. They're about to do things that they've never done before in their life. They're about to go out and begin to build the church that Jesus said he was going to build in Matthew chapter 16. And, and now they're out, the, the, God has... Uh, ascended his son Jesus into heaven, and the Holy Spirit has now descended on the disciples at Pentecost, and Peter has preached his first sermon, and now they're they're, they're out. They're out and about, getting the word out. And uh, it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. And then there was a man who was lame from birth who was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. And he was there every day to beg, for he was a beggar. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, same way God looks straight at us, and, and says, I, I don't have what you need. The man expected them to give him something. But then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give unto you. God's not interested in what you don't have. God's interested in what you're doing with what you do have. So many of us, we, we say, when, when I win the lottery, when I do this, what, what, but what are you doing with what you have now? What do you do with the, it's funny, like people say, man, if, if I had a million dollars, man, I would bless the church so much. Great. But I don't think you would. Because I see what you do with the money that you have now. Someone said truth. The truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? It's not about what you don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, taking him by the right hand. He helped him. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up on the feet, began to walk. People went crazy. The temple courts, he was running and praising and jumping. And then all the people saw him walking and praising. And they recognized that that was the man that was a beggar. That was the lame man. That was the the man that I've known ever since birth that never walked. And now they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened. Peter and John are pumped. They are stoked. Suddenly, God is doing miracles through them. And this is the first miracle that they've ever accomplished uh, without Jesus by by their side but the Holy Spirit was in them. And then all of a sudden, people were astonished and came running to them. And then Peter took it upon himself to begin to preach a sermon to all these people. They saw this man that they knew in this town that was lame. He's now been healed. People are gathering. And then Peter, he saw this and he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if this is by our own power that this man has walked for the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. And he begins to to preach this sermon to them. And at the end of this sermon, 5,000 people get saved. But when God does great things, a lot of times it, it, it alerts an adversary, and, and, and there was an adversary that didn't want them to keep preaching, and they ended up getting thrown into prison unjustly. And uh, that's where we're going to end this story for now. Will you pray with me? 
Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord God. Father, I pray for, for my throat right now. I pray for the, this sermon that you're going to bring forth, Lord God. Bring it in a mighty way. Get, I pray that this will be the exact message that we need to hear going into this new year, Father. Use me. Clear our minds. Unclutter our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, who's, who's, got, who's got goals going into 2019? Who's got goals? Who's got goals? All right. <clears throat> who's got goals to stop smoking 2019? All right, I'm expecting you to throw your cigarettes in the offering basket in the service. <laughs> I did that last, last service. I put someone on the spot. I said, are you giving me your cigarettes right now? They said, give me a week. Give me a week. <laughs> so it's like 2019. I still got two days left, baby. But the best way for a good start is to finish strong. Do I hear an amen? I, I mean, we, we, we all got goals. We all have things that we want to accomplish. Goal, goals are great. Uh, I know in my life, there's things that I, I want to be able to accomplish this year. Uh, we're actually, uh, on January the 1st, going to be having a 30-day uh, program on our app that every single morning starting January the 1st, you're going to be getting a uh, one to two-minute sermon clip to inspire you and empower you for that day. Uh, you're also going to be getting a 15 to 20-minute workout routine that you could do in your home. Uh, actually, two of them, one for people that are, are, are a little bit, maybe you got like a rod in your hip or something. I don't know. But, but maybe you haven't worked out in a while. They'll have like a beginner workout, and then they'll also have a workout for people that um, are maybe in a little bit better shape so that you could get the, your body moving, get your mind moving every single morning. And on top of that, that workout, we're going to be sending a financial tip every single morning so that you could help your, your money stretch so that you could see all your financial goals accomplished this year. Because I feel like those are the three major faith, fitness, and finances. And uh, it's going to be starting January the 1st. It's going to be on the app. We're also going to send email alerts. And this is for everybody. Let's all do this together, right? Let's, let's get in shape together. Let, let's get our, our finances under control together. And let's have a closer relationship to the Lord than we ever had before in 2019. Uh, but you're going to have to stretch yourself. You're going to have to get up earlier. You're going to have to eat cleaner. You're going to have to do things that you never thought possible. You're going to have to get to your, your money to stretch a little bit, stretch yourself. And this sermon is not going to help you with any of that. <laughs> but this sermon is going to give you a spiritual six-pack. That you're, you're going to be in, in shape spiritually, able to take on any, any attack, any challenge, come one, come all, because I'm getting my spiritual six-pack this morning. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm getting ripped today, baby. I'm getting ripped. Six-pack. That's why I should have called this sermon six-pack. I, I, I actually, I'm calling this sermon um, hashtag goals. Like 90% of people, like, what's a hashtag? I don't have time to explain that to you. Just Google it. What's Google? <laughs> End of conversation. But uh, hashtag goals, what, what it is, is um, it, it's, a, it's a new trend that a lot of people use to, to kind of articulate something that is like kind of beyond what is actually possible in their life. It, it's like so outlandish. It's like so unattainable. Uh, it almost like seems like I'm so limited, I'll never be able to accomplish that hashtag goals. Like, uh, for example, you know, like, like David Beckham on his private G6 jet going to his private island like sleeping on a bed of puppies, hashtag goals. You know, I'm eight months pregnant, 
got a ripped six-pack, hashtag goals, right? It's like, it's, it's just so outlandish, like, you're, you're, you're in your um, phantom Rolls Royce with Beyonce and Jay-Z, um, eating a double-double from In-N-Out Burger, hashtag goals, right? It's, it's just so, out, and this is like a lot of what, what people, uh, you know, put on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all this. These are my goals. And, and a lot of times there's, there's a problem with, with this mentality is because you're, you're, you're talking about things that you don't ever think is possible because you're limiting what you think you are capable of. And it, it, it's good to have goals. I, I love goals. I, I think goals are so important. I remember when I was growing up, uh, my junior year in high school, I had a great year at St. Rose. Uh, I, th- I thought I, I deserved to be on what is called the All Shore Baseball Team. And it's, it's, it's the, the top team players from all the uh, Shore Conference. And I, didn't, I did not make it my junior year. I actually didn't even make the first, second, or third team. I was, I was kind of ticked off. I was devastated. And, and what I did was I, I took that newspaper article of the, uh, I think it was the 2001 All Shore Baseball Team, and I put it on my, my mirror in my bedroom. And every morning I would wake up and I would see that team that I did not make. Every single morning. They say that you are 70% more likely to accomplish your goals if you write them down and look at them every day. Remember that. And, And I looked at that every day and then lo and behold, 2002... My picture was on the All Shore baseball team because I had a goal. You need to have a goal. Everything in your life you need to have a goal with. Even like, like, like conversations, like have a goal sometimes. Like I get frustrated uh, when I'm in staff meetings and stuff and I don't feel like, like, like it's going anywhere. I just say, Let's, I'm done with it. Let's just do this and move on because we're not going anywhere. I don't, I don't want to waste my time. I want to have a, a goal. It's good to have goals. Good to have goals with your business. Good to have goals with your finances, with your fitness. Good to have, have goals, but, but don't stop there because a, a lot of us, yeah, we have goals, right? You have things that you want to accomplish, but do you have the right goals? Because I feel like, yeah, in America, we're great at goal setting, yeah. Like you see it every morning, people talk about the importance of of having goals. But I think it's even more important to have the right goals. I I, I know like now that um, I have kids, little kids, a lot of people that have kids out of the house, they'll, they'll say to me, and maybe if you have kids, you have people that tell you this like religiously, they'll say to you, treasure every moment, right? Treasure every moment. And it's hard when you're not in the moment. You're out of the moment. I'm in the moment. I'm dealing with, with, with these kids acting crazy, spilling juice all over the carpet and, and freaking out because Lily didn't get her favorite My Little Pony. I felt so bad for somebody. Got, got my son Judah, this beautiful Lego set, a helicopter Lego set. Judah opens it, and he goes, I already had that one last year. I'm like, Judah, what's the matter with you? Good Lord. You know, I, I, I mean... It's hard when you're in the moment, but, but that person, they, they would tell me that, that when they had kids growing up, they had goals that they wanted the house to always be clean and, and the car always to be clean and, and they'd freak out every time apple juice spilled or any, every time a coffee table fell or, or whatever. And, and they said, I had the wrong goals because now that they're gone, I would do anything to have mud in my car. I would do anything to have some apple juice stains on my carpet because you might have had a goal accomplished, but was it the right goal? 
somebody shared on my Facebook page this song that Adam Sandler sang about Chris Farley. And in the song, he said, Chris Farley had a goal. He wanted to be like John Belushi. He accomplished his goal, but was it the right goal? He died when he was 33, just like his idol. Hit his goal, but was it the right one? I remember in college, there was this guy, and his, his goal was to have sex with as many girls as possible. College sounds like a, sounds like a great goal. Yeah, have fun, do whatever you want. I, I, I saw him. Um, not too long ago, very empty, very empty, unfulfilled person because he had a goal, he accomplished his goal, but he didn't realize that, that he gave away pieces of himself every single time he had sex with, with somebody because you don't just have sex with a body, you have sex with a soul. And you can accomplish your goal and still feel completely empty. You could put, I'll, I'll put it like this, you can hit the nail on the head But if you have the wrong goal, you're putting the nail in your own coffin. You can make great time, efficient time, going in the wrong direction. Sometimes it's better to not even have a goal than to have a a wrong goal. So what are your goals? Do you have them and are they the right ones? I I want you to know God has goals. Did you know that? Did you know God is a goal setter? He doesn't need like self-help books or any of that, but he has a goal. He wants us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hashtag God goals. God has goals that he wants the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. God goals. God has goals. And if, if you are adopted into the family of God, then you should share the goals of God. We need to have some God goals in our life going into 2019. As a church, we need to have some God goals going into the new year that we're not just a, a place, a, a club for people to come and compare ourselves how much better we are than other people. That, that, that's, not, that's a club, not a church. We're a church. And you know what? I want to be a spiritual hospital in 2019 that is open for the sick. Jesus said, I can't for the sick, not the well. Not that anybody is well, but sometimes we think we're better than other people and we need to open up our doors. Come one, come all. We don't check passports. We don't check tax brackets. All are welcome in the house of the Lord. Those are the God goals that we need to have. Spread out, not just maintain, but multiply. That is the values of Shore Christian Church. We're not just existing. We're multiplying ourselves. We're not just uh, uh, receiving, but we're contributing to what God is doing. Need to have some God goals going into 2019. And so here's Peter and, and John, and, and, and they got their orders. Go ye into all the world. So now they're, they're going. They're, they're preaching the gospel. They're, they're, they heal this, 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 this lame beggar. And all of a sudden, they hit some resistance. Because as, as you are going after your goals in 2019 you are going to hit resistance. A lot of times, they're, they're, they're more mental than, than anything else. And I, I thought about what was the resistance that, that Peter and John hit that they were able to overcome. I, I thought about the first one, and, and we, we struggle with this one a lot, is, is limitation. I'm too limited. 
I don't have enough resources. I'm, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. Why do we say that we don't have enough time? I, I mean, goodness gracious, Bill Gates, Mark Cuban, all these people have the same 24 hours in the day than we do, and we complain about not having enough time. It's not that we don't have enough time. It's just that we are too lazy with the time that we do have. Your time is not limited. You have plenty of time. But, but I'm so limited in in, in, in who I am, in my resources, I'm limited. And they, they even said, silver and gold, I don't have. I, I, I don't have what you need. They were, they were limited. I, I also thought um, that there's a roadblock that we face called intimidation. A lot of times we get intimidated by what's ahead. We get intimidated by the challenges that we foresee. And that intimidation of being embarrassed again. That intimidation of, of, of trying to lose weight because you failed at it so many times stops you from ever trying again. You're intimidated. You, you feel like you don't want to embarrass yourself by putting yourself out there. Anyone ever dealt with that before? I, I'm, I'm intimidated. And I thought number, number three is it's our expectations of how we think it's going to happen. That, that we expected it to come a certain way. We expect it to happen a certain way. And then January 31st hits and it's not coming the way we anticipated. It's not coming the way that we drew it up in our journal. And suddenly that begins to stop us. And, and it's the limitations. It's intimidation. Expectations. But what I really think it is, is it's the lie that's in the limitations, the intimidation, and the expectation. That limitation, it, it is a lie. You're not limited. You have everything that you need to accomplish what God wants to do through you in 2019. Silver and gold, I have none, but what I do have, I give unto you. Get up and walk. That man had a miracle take place in his life. And if they allowed what they didn't have to stop them from using what they did have, they would have never seen 5,000 people saved and the God goals accomplished in their life. You may not have silver and gold, but you have something that this world needs. You have something that this church needs. This church is not going to grow in 2019 because I'm a good preacher. This church is going to grow in 2019 because you start getting out there with some God goals and using the gifts and talents and anointing that you have to pray for people, to build relationships with people, to encourage people, to build yourself up in the Lord. There's a story in 2 Kings chapter something. Four, six, four, four, four. It's one or the other. And, and this woman had, had a need. She had a big need. Uh, her husband just died, and she was in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, and the creditors were going to come, and she didn't have the money to pay, and they were going to take her kids. Talk about pressure. I mean, you think you're in debt. No one's going to go trying to take, they might try and take your car or your house. They're not going to try and take your kids. I mean, think about the pressure that this woman is under. And she hears about this preacher that's coming to town. And, and she, she says, I need your help. Come here, man of God. Come here. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm under pressure. I got debt collectors calling me every single day. It's just a matter of time before they take not just my house, but my kids. I got nothing. I'm desperate. And, and the, the man of God says, well, what do you have? She says, I have nothing except a little bit of flour in my house. 
See, the, this is, God, this is for somebody. Please get this. Please, please, please. The miracle is in your house. It is not in what other people are going to give you. It's not in some new thing that you need next year. It's in your house right now. It is in you right now. But because you are believing the lie that you are too limited, then you're never going to experience the miracle that God wants to bring forth in your life. But the miracle is in your house. And she had a little bit of oil and God began to multiply that oil and multiply it into everything that she needed to pay that debt that she had. See, if you give God what you have, he will provide everything that you need. You're not limited. You have more than enough. It's a lie that you are limited. I, I thought about how a lot of us, we see, and I, I do this too. I, I look at my limitations, and one of my limitations that, that I put on myself, to be perfectly honest with you, we're all friends here, right? Being intimate, right? I could share my... But one of my biggest struggles is, that, is, is my age. And it doesn't help the fact that, that I look like a kid. And, that, and I, I always saw that as a limitation. My, my schooling... I saw and sometimes still do see as a limitation that I'm not schooled like most preachers are. I don't have a Princeton degree like the pastor up the road. I don't have that. And I realized, talking with somebody, this guy Ed, he got saved in our church on Easter Sunday last year. Now he serves on our creative team. And Ed was telling me when he came here last Easter, he said the thing that that blew his mind the most and how, why he loves our church so much is how young I was. I said, what? I thought that was a limitation. I thought that was a reason that, that was going to keep me from accomplishing what God had for me. I, I thought that was a limitation. Then I realized every limitation is actually a launching pad. You, you see Peter and John go to Acts chapter 4 verse 13. And they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. And they were astonished. Astonished. I'm telling you, your limitations are God's launching pads. That if you allow your limitations not to stop you, what you don't think that you have, that you, you believe that this world needs, and you know what? You say, I might not have that, but what I do have, I give to you, God. You are going to astonish people in this world. You are going to do astonishing things, and people are going to realize that you have been with the Lord. Not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Stretch marks. Stretch marks. Anybody got some stretch marks? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, <laughs> I researched stretch marks. I thought that would be appropriate. And the reason we get stretch marks is because your, your, your skin expands further than it thinks it's capable of. So, so it leaves stretch marks. I want to say they're not stretch marks. They're beauty marks. Because those stretch marks show the beauty that God has already brought forth through you. And man, you may have some stretch marks when God stretches your faith a little bit. You may have some, some, some growing pains, but you know what? God is going to stretch our faith. He's going to stretch what we think are, we're capable of, and there may be some pain. Say, there may be some pain. 
I get so many metaphors from, from working out. It's, it's amazing working out. And, and uh, my, the guy that, that trains me, his name is Chris. And uh, he, he always tells me, uh, every morning I, I try to go at 7 o'clock, and he says, just get in the door, and I'll get you through the workout. They're brutal. They're brutal workouts. And, and, and there's moments where my body literally can't go on anymore. You ever been there working out? Like, literally, your body, and they're saying, keep going, and you're like, I can't. Like, I'm shaking like a leaf, you know, about to throw up on myself. Like, and, and, like, physically, like, my body is failing. But I learned there's a difference between quitting and failing. See, quitting is a mental block that produces no gains. Failing is a physical block that produces major gains. So you need to have the mentality that I may fail, but I will never quit. So I may fail at some things next year, but I'm never going to quit. And see, my failure will grow me. My failure will stretch me. It will stretch my body beyond what I think I could, I could gain. That's where the gains come from failing, but not quitting. I, I thought about how a lot of times it's the lie of intimidation, number two. Intimidation. Intimidated by embarrassing myself and failing, I, I think is, is a lot of times. What, what, what I'm intimidated by is things I do for the first time. Like this, I'm not really intimidated by anymore. I've done it like 600,000 times. Like I can't even tell you how many sermons I've preached. I mean, Joe, how many do you think? Thousand? Something? A lot? They're still good, right, Joe? Awesome. You better say that, Joe. I pay him to say that. <laughs> and, and so I'm not intimidated. I've done this, but, but it's when I do things for the first time. Like, I was with Nicole and I was talking about, you know, some things I get nervous with and intimidated by. Uh, last uh, uh, Good Friday, I had to, to speak at the Second Baptist Church. Um, I, I was the, the only white preacher there. And these preachers were phenomenal. They were really good. <laughs> and, and I've never, like, you know, I've never been in that atmosphere. I was intimidated. I absolutely killed it and brought in the Holy Spirit in that place like they never saw before. But I was, I was intimidated because I had never done it before. And, and for, for Peter and John, they never, they never tried to heal anybody before. This is their first miracle. And, and I'm sure that they were intimidated. I'm sure Peter was thinking about how embarrassing it was last time he tried to walk on water and sank like a rock in front of everybody. And this time he doesn't have Jesus there to save him. I'm sure that they were intimidated by this situation, but they didn't allow the intimidation to stop them from doing what God has called them to do. God goals. You know, there, there's something, I, I'll sh share this with you, a little, little testimony. We got to keep this between us. Okay. Balcony, we good? Thumbs up. So um, I'm really, some, something I got to do next year, really intimidating. Never done it before. And it's amazing how, how God works when you're patient and faithful. Um, what, what my, my friend uh, who, who preaches here a lot, uh, Sean Highland, um, Sean, he, uh, he, he kind of stole this idea from us that we stole from another place, but that's okay, uh, called Serve 24, and we do it every year. And uh, Sean started this thing called Serve Jersey Shore. And Sean is, uh, um, he, he's part of this uh, phone call where they, uh, 
um, have a conference call with some spiritual council members of the White House, and there's like thousands of people that are on this call. They do it every month, and Sean's never said anything, and, and they were, you know, kind of talking about ways to, to, you know, bridge divides in communities and, and inner cities and stuff like that. And so Sean um, sent an email about what we do with uh, Serve 24 and Serve Jersey Shore, and they got back to him back to him. And they are interested in, in possibly doing um, a, a big like Serve America Day. And invited a bunch of us to the White House to talk to them about what's going on at the shore. So I say that that's exciting. It's intimidating too. Because you know, no, no matter what you do, you're going to get criticized and it's going to be crazy, right? But you know what? It may be intimidating, but it's a lie. God has prepared the way for this from before the day that I was born and Sean was born and any of us were born. And it may be intimidating to you, it may be intimidating to me, but it's not intimidating by, to God. Not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. And I have His Spirit living in me. Do I hear an Amen. So no matter what I face next year, no matter how intimidating it is, I have the intimidator within me. I like that. The intimidator. I want to get a shirt that says that. The intimidator lives in me. I like that. It's a lie. A lot of times what you think is killing you is actually making you stronger. A lot of times what you think is death pains is really birth pains. There's this true story. Um, I had it written down in my notebook, but I don't trust that thing, so I'm just going to go off of memory. And it, it's, it's a true story. This, this family um, in, in the, the, the main Appalachian Mountain area, um, they um, um, were, were on a hike, and they found all these wild mushrooms. They got excited, and they thought, we're going to have a mushroom party, Sandy. Not like those mushroom parties you had in college. It's a different kind. <laughs> I'm kidding. kidding. Sandy's a saint. <laughs> but <laughs> but they they were like we're, we're gonna have we're gonna make like like mushroom uh, you know uh, I don't know soup mushroom um, omelets they were gonna make all this mushroom stuff mushroom food they even had like a recipe for like a mushroom dessert and, and so they they have this mushroom party all of them and then they they give some of the leftovers to this like big fat cat that they have. And so they, they give the leftovers to the cat and uh, they finish eating and they go back in the kitchen and their, their cat is foaming at the mouth, panting for, for its life. And they freak out. They call the veterinarian. And the veterinarian says, oh my God, you, you guys might have found some, some poisonous mushrooms. Uh, you guys got to go to the hospital right now and all get your stomach pumped, stomachs pumped. So the whole family, they go to the hospital, they get their stomachs pumped. They come back to their house expecting to, to see the, the cat dead. And there's the cat in the corner of the kitchen with a litter of kittens on the floor. They thought that, that the cat was dying, but the cat was just giving birth. Man, you, that, God, you think it's bad, but, but you know what? Stretch marks, baby. It hurts. It's painful. I think I'm dying. I think I'm going to... No, you're, you're giving birth to something bigger than yourself. And, and those aren't death pains. Those are birth pains. And you know what? I, I may fail, but I will never quit. I thought about the, the, the second 
Third lie, the, the expectation lie. We expect God to do it one way. And when it doesn't happen the way that, that we expected, we, we give up or we try something else because it didn't meet our expectations. I want to play this video clip as we get ready to close. Um, it's from one of my favorite movies uh, called the, the movie uh, Moneyball. Anyone ever seen Moneyball? I love this movie. It's the true story um, about Billy Bean. He was the general manager of the Oakland A's. And he completely revolutionized baseball. Like how baseball is played today is because of Billy Bean. Like why they have all these shifts and all these analytics and, and the way that they scout players has completely changed because of this one guy, Billy Bean. And Jonah Hill had something to do with it, not really sure. And, and so um, he took this team, the Oakland A's in 2001, who had the lowest payroll in baseball of like maybe like, like 30 million compared to what the Yankees have, like 200 million, you know? Because baseball is different than other sports where you could, you could spend more because you have more money than other teams. And so he had to make the most with what he had. And so he took this team with the lowest payroll and turned them into a division champion. They set a record of winning 20 games in a row in 2001, but they lost in the championship series. And he, he was really discouraged and bummed out because he failed at his momentary goal, but not realizing what he was doing behind the scenes. If we could just run that clip now. Wasn't that good? Hit a home run, and he didn't even know it. I feel like that, that is a word for somebody this morning. That you hit a home run. And because you tripped on first base. And your face is in the dirt and dirt on your jersey and you're embarrassed. I want to be that first base coach this morning. Say, get up, man. Get up. Say to a mom raising kids. It's hard. And you think that you failed. I think you hit a home run. And you didn't even know it. I think a lot of us, we see where we're at right now. And we don't realize what God is doing behind the scenes. A lot of times we think that we fail, that we are a failure. But I want you to know that you have to keep pressing, keep stretching, and you have to get back up. I finished with, with this scripture it's the, the end of the story with, with, with Peter and, and John and because they, they got thrown in prison. They were, they were preaching the gospel thinking that they were doing what they were supposed to do and then all of a sudden injustice comes and they took Peter and, and John and they threw them in prison. This is what it says. Priests and the captains of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus and the resurrection. They seized Peter and John because it was evening and they put them in jail until the next day. Stay right there. In jail. Saying like, like man, we failed, didn't we? We went too far. I feel like this is where a lot of us are. This is where we put a period where God wants to just have a comma. Because the next verse is is what ties it all in. Meanwhile, there's a meanwhile for you. Thank God for the meanwhile. 
Meanwhile, when I, I feel like I'm abandoned and forsaken, God is doing something behind the scenes. Many who heard the message believed. The number of men grew to over 5,000. More than when he preached on the day of Pentecost. I mean, do you think he would have been discouraged in jail if he knew what was going on behind the scenes? Hit a home run and didn't even know. Because this is our God goal. Our God goal is to keep pressing, keep stretching, keep believing, keep reaching. Even when we trip and fall, we believe that God has already hit a home run with our life the moment that we were born. God doesn't make any mistakes. The moment you were placed on this earth, you had a purpose on your life, and you already hit a home run. The moment you came into this world, and you don't even know it because you tripped around first base. But get up. Get up. It's a lie that you're limited. It's a lie that you have to be intimidated. It's a lie that you have to expect things to happen a certain way. It's the truth that you have hit a home run, man. Get up. Paul got this. Paul understood this. He, he said in Philippians chapter 3, I want to know Christ. That's the goal right there. That's, the, that's my goal. 2019, I want to know Christ. Because when you seek ye first the kingdom of God, all of these things shall be added unto me. All of these goals that I want to see accomplished for myself will come if I could just get that one thing right. I want to know Christ. And let me tell you, that is a process, not a project. More about that next week that I preach about. It's a process, not a project. It's going to be awesome. I want to know his power. I want to become like him, even if I have to die doing so. And what I, what, I just want to stop here. A lot of people say, yeah, yeah, Peter and John, I, I understand them because they were, they, they were ordinary. They, they didn't have a lot of schooling, but I do have a lot of schooling. I do have some pedigree. I do have some money. I do have some prestige. Well, you want to know who was in your company? Paul. Paul had all of that. Paul had the education. Paul had the influence. Paul was well recognized in his community. Paul was a Roman citizen. And yet when he realized the calling, the God goal of following Christ, all of that was nothing to him. He had success. He had prestige, but he realized it was nothing compared to the God goal of following Christ. So I don't care if you're rich or poor, ordinary or successful, our goal is to know Christ. That's it. And, and I'm going to attain this. Next verse. Verse 12. Not that I have already gotten it. Not that I've arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Next verse. And brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Say, I forget what is behind. And I got to stretch. Say stretch. Say stretch marks. That's right. Towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. Every day I press on. Every day I get up and I say that there is something that God has for me today. I may have fallen. I may have tripped. But I'm going to keep pressing. The goal is to keep growing. The goal is a journey 
not a destination, church. And if you embrace that journey, there is joy on that journey. There is peace. There is pleasure forevermore on that journey. But if your goal is always a destination, you'll never be, you'll never be able to attain it. But if you embrace the journey that God has called you on, you'll make it. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet if you would this morning. Uh, let's just thank you, Holy Spirit, for this word. I don't know who this, this was for, but I have a feeling it was for everybody. Rich or poor, successful or just ordinary in the eyes of people. I got a God goal. I want to know Christ. God, I pray for us right now in this moment, Lord. Father, I pray that we will put all of our failures, all of our shortcomings on the altar this morning. Say, God, I, I want to know you, Father. I want to know what you created me for, Lord God. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, before I was ever formed in my mother's womb, that you set me apart for a purpose. Before I was ever formed in my mother's womb, I hit a home run. God, you don't make mistakes. You created me fearfully and wonderfully. I don't have to be embarrassed by where I'm at today. All I have to do is embrace and press and stretch for that goal. Father, I pray that this morning, Lord, change our perspective of what we want to see accomplished in 2019. Yeah, I want to lose weight. Yeah, I want to get in shape. Yeah, I want to get out of debt. Yeah, I, I, I want to be a better father, be a better uh, uh, husband, be, be a better mother. I, I, want, I want all of that. Better worker. I want all of that. But that's all at the bottom of the triangle. That's all at the bottom of the triangle. God, I want to know you. That's at the top. And I, I believe that as I attain that, that I shall see the desires of my heart come. God, I, that, let that be our prayer this morning. Praise you, Father. What? I hope that sermon really blessed and encouraged you. And if it did, and you want to support our ministry so we can help these sermons get out to more people, please go to the giving link in the description button below this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get instant updates when we upload new sermons and testimonies. God bless.